NXT 2016. This is interviews, music reviews, and more. This is, this is The Hotter Show. What is up, everybody? We are rolling out of here today in episode 297 of The Hotter Show. I hope you guys are doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you so very much for tuning in and clicking that play button on today's episode of the podcast. I got a really fun episode for you here today that I try to do every single week right here on The Hotter Show. I sit down with my old buddy for the first time in 100 episodes, basically, Mr. Mark Wiley from Matria. Now, you guys may remember if you're longtime listeners of the show that I had Mark on on episode 199 and a half. So 297, that's pretty damn close. So it's kind of fun how he came full circle here. This time around, though, Mark is talking all about his band Matria and their brand new album that is coming out as you guys are hearing this. If you're listening on Thursday, tomorrow, June 25th, the album Hyper Reels. And let me tell you, from what I've heard of it, of the singles, it is a banger. And we talk all about the writing and recording process of Hyper Reels, some fun stories. We get in real in-depth about the singles that they've released thus far, because obviously, you know, as we recorded this, I didn't hear anything else with the singles, but they're really, really badass. If you are a fan of prog of any shape or form, you got to check it out. Or if you're just a fan of metal and kind of hard rock and stuff like that, you got to check it out. But Mark breaks down kind of the recording process, the writing process, talks a little bit about the talent of some of his bandmates. And one really cool thing, there's two moments that happened during this interview that I want to share both of them. Like I used to do like a little clip at some point during the week to be like, oh, check out this fun moment from the episode. And usually there's a few that I want to share. But from this interview, there was like, there's like eight or nine I want to share. But there's two in particular, one of which is Mark actually showing off one of the stems from a vocal recording session of uh, their one of their songs with that their vocalist he does like a triple harmony it's insane gave me goosebumps really cool moment on the uh, on the show it was unplanned he was just like oh well, let's just check it out and he pulled it up for us so that was really really fun and he talks about the singles in depth and kind of we dive into it and we also talk a little bit about kind of what he's been doing the last year you know dealing with the pandemic and everything and what he's been doing with his solo stuff a little bit and he he treats us to a rather fun uh i guess we'll say sneak peek maybe of him literally jamming out to a cover song that i guess he's been working on and again let me tell you it's a really cool fun moment because i don't think that's ever happened in the history of the hotter show so really fun exciting episode for you today with mark wiley from matria i hope that you guys enjoy of course before we jump in i want to thank everybody for their support on last week's episode of the show my chat with ethan flynn doing the music showcase of his brand new record the pumpkin club big shouts to ethan thank you so much buddy for coming on and letting me share your wonderful album with my listeners it was a lot of fun now one last quick piece of business before we jump into it you may notice over here there's some boxes happening over here that is because we are getting ready to move again in the next hopefully the next couple of weeks to few weeks for sure by the end of july so I don't know specifically what that's going to mean for the show. I'm going to try and not take any time off this time around. I've decided last time we moved, I took like a month off because it was just, that was a little bit more of a hectic move this time around. I don't think it's going to be quite as hectic, but we will see. So I'm not planning on taking any time off. I might need to just do audio for a few episodes. I might need to do like some Q&A stuff. I, I don't know yet. We'll see what happens. We got episode 300 coming up too. So who knows? We will see what happens, but I wanted to just give everyone a little heads up that uh, if I randomly have to take a couple weeks off, that is why, because we 
are moving from our little not so great area that we currently live into a much much better area and a much much nicer apartment so very excited about that but all that out of the way we are ready to jump into my chat with mark wiley from matria let's get into it our gang we got mark wiley from matria here on the show mark what's up man how you doing yo what's going on doing good thanks for having me uh back on the show that's a pleasure man it's been a minute we were talking before we started recording it's literally been it was a February oh, 100 episodes, yes. two years or something. <laughs> <laughs> something along those lines. It was episode 199 and a half of The Harder Show was the last time we heard from you. And it's kind of fun and fitting the fact that I'm rounding up on uh, 300 episodes. This will be episode 297. So you're getting in right into the wire Boom. there again. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, we got a lot of ground to cover today. Obviously, we're going to talk about... Matrix's upcoming album, Hyper Reels, that is coming out June 25th. So we're very excited about that. It is coming out, at, well, June 25th tomorrow as you guys are hearing this. So very hyped about that. But uh, before we jump into that, first and foremost, man, what have you been up to the last year and a bit? Obviously, that's a big talking point right now with COVID and all that. Kind of what, uh, what have you been up to? What have you been doing to keep yourself, uh, keep yourself sane? Yeah, I've been going through, I think I go through like these phases of different things. So uh, in I think in the winter, I sort of hibernate down here and I do lots, lots of writing. So there's probably another major, probably another full-length major album just that like, came out of this winter. Uh, a big collection of tunes that um, me and the bass player, Liam, were working on a lot this winter. Nice. Uh, when spring hits, I, I turn into jazz mode and I go on this like really... Uh, I get into like this really sophisticated music study sort of mode where I'm always trying to like learn new jazz harmony or things like that. So that that phase is closed, and I don't know. I think summer's kind of like my drought months. Usually summer's kind of like just sort of like you've you've kind of like cultivated all the stuff, and then you have to sort of go through and pick uh, through it and oh this sucks this is awesome what was i thinking you know <laughs> or you know you're you're on these uh type of podcast shows and you're sort of releasing your the fruits yeah. of your labor kind of thing right that seems to be the uh the trend and uh i've been getting into like chess that's been a hobby i picked up nice that's just like fun. it's uh i don't know it's fun I'm, I'm not really a big gamer like uh as far as like the conventional like xboxes and video games playstations and stuff, yeah. go uh, I'm sure I would, if I <laughs> if I had it, it would consume my life. So yeah. I think just something similar, just like a little mobile game like chess, is uh, intellectually stimulating enough for for me to uh, just you know have a little bit of entertainment here and there. Mm-hmm. So you, are you going to go like full on and do some competitions or anything, or you're just just playing it for fun? I think you, you uh, strike it, me as the kind of guy. Sorry, I was just going to say you strike me as the kind of guy who would totally rocket chess you just like he's that kind of guy <laughs> I, I think uh if post pandemic there were like tournaments that were like rated for like I, my rating is like it's still under 1500 if that means anything you, you know what, what it was that kind of like hit me is did you ever watch the queen's gamut when that came out i didn't but i i have heard a ton about it i'm kind of familiar with what it is yeah, so I don't know if you want to go down this whole rabbit hole, but like when I let's go down a rabbit hole, bro. let's do it. <laughs> when when I was growing up, and my dad taught me chess, I had watched some movies on Bobby Fischer, and okay. Bobby Fischer is like sort of the OG like um, chess grandmaster, and he, mm-hmm. there's like all these rumors about him how he would like 
it was around the time of the Cold War and they had like sent him to Russia. And I guess that's how, you know, Russia and America thought it was the way to fight wars was, you know, as a dick measuring contest. It's like, who can play better chess? So they well, sent over like men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they sent over. I'm sure there's, there's actually a couple of stories of similar like this. I don't, I don't know the full history, but like they sent over Bobby Fisher and he just started to go insane because of like the whole like um, this is as far as I know the story, but like just like the paranoia of being like spied on by like Russian yeah. undercover spies or agents and just like the nature of chess being so like moves and moves ahead. I think if you're constantly like in the headspace of like, I'm always three moves ahead of whatever is happening, just that sort of level of paranoia in your, it's just going to like make you think things are, are happening that like are just. Yeah. You know, Cause you're not. thinking like, Oh, well, and then they could do this and then I could do this and then they could come over here. And it's like, Whoa, man, relax. <laughs> Yeah, so I had been a fan of like chess growing up, and then it just guess seeing that uh, that movie or that series on Netflix was kind of like, oh, like yeah, let's go back to chess. And uh, another thing, like me and uh, Matt in the band, the vocalist, we whenever he comes over, we play chess, and like sometimes at shows, we'll bring a chess board, and between Man, that is between shows, we'll we'll play. So it was just finally the time of like, I'm gonna sit down and actually like study like theory of chess and like openings and like strategies and just like go down that sort of you know nerdy rabbit hole of that's chess awesome. game the fact that we could say that you know some bands backstage they're going to be like you know they're hanging out maybe they're drinking <laughs> or they're doing whatever and we could say that you know matri is in the back playing chess i don't know why that just makes me so happy oh, i think it, it's i think it's the sophistication <laughs> that your guys music has not that other bands aren't sophisticated obviously i'm not saying that but just like you guys have this certain level of maybe it's because it's it's like the prog world whenever i think of prog the prog world i think of more how can i say this as politely as possible to other forms of music just more like you, 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 like you say it's, it's very maybe. it's very 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 pretentious yes very. <laughs> maybe not pretentious but just it's very like it's very formal and it's very um i'm not trying to say that people who play prog are more intelligent i'm not trying to say that but i'm kind of saying that oh my lord they uh what am i saying they take the craft i think more seriously than uh, yes the aver- yes the average. thank you that's what i'm trying to say it's just it's just there's a little more seriousness in the world of Prague than there is. I'm leaving that in too, by the way, folks, because I just totally crapped on them. <laughs> it's like some of my favorite genres of music. But uh, my point I'm trying to say is it's just the craft behind Prague and the thought behind it. It just, I don't know why, it just makes me so happy that you guys are playing chess. Cause it just seems like that would be kind of right along the, you guys like have some candles lit and you're being all vibey sometimes. Or? <laughs> totally. You, yeah, you know that's it. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you got to know when you, when you roll up to uh, Matri at a show and they're playing chess, it's like, uh oh, we're going to get some time signatures here, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. I don't know why. It just makes me so happy that you were saying that. <laughs> I mean, you're also sitting at a venue for like, three or four yeah. hours and you're playing music for probably like 45 minutes of those so it's like well let's play some games that's some people yeah. like, might be like oh let's bring the xbox and play some call of duty like <laughs> no here at matria we are playing chess and we are like uh, it just i don't know why it just it, it it totally fits with the mold of how you guys how your sound is which is very well crafted and very 
articulate and things of that nature. So it just totally, it totally fits. That's awesome. Why, why thank you. <laughs> and I have to say, by the way, before we continue about your vocal, what was his name again? Sorry, your vocalist? Uh, Matt, Matt Cotrera. Matt, you, my friend, <laughs> your whole band is in, in absolutely incredible. And obviously, I mean, you know how much I think, how highly I think of your talents as well, Mark, but like, obviously I'd heard Matrius stuff before, but listening through like all the singles in a row and stuff, it's like, holy cow <laughs> your vocalist is a very talented cat with his range it is it is yeah, crazy. Dude, everyone everyone in the band really stepped up to the plate for this mm-hmm. album and it was it was a, a total joy most of the time <laughs> going, <laughs> going through the uh the recording process well let's talk about that a little bit as far as with the so with the actual recording process and that um when did the whole process kind of start was this because obviously like this wasn't all written and recorded during COVID. Like I, I think I remember even back when you were on the first time, you guys were kind of talking about getting slowly getting ready to do something. Yeah. This, this album probably took us way too long to do, but I think we learned a lot in the process. So this, this album is probably like not even joking, like four years in the making. Um, we were, we had songs on this album that were ready by the time we were putting out our first album. So like, mm-hmm. we're just sort of like in, in the trend of like, you know, it takes like four or six months to actually like, once you're done recording to actually like get everything ready to put it out. So the nature of we're still working on stuff. So um, we record everything ourselves. So that sort of gives us the luxury of taking our sweet time, which since we're, we don't really have any like, you know, label obligations or any deadlines, we can just like literally tinker away endlessly which again has its pros and its cons so like i think at like the two-year mark we had a version of this album like demoed out and we were going through things and we were just hitting some roadblocks like uh i think we wanted to record the drums in a uh more professional way than we did our first album we recorded the drums uh in this basement the last album and we sort of knew going in that we were going to like sample replace everything. So it was kind of like, let's just get the performance right. Mm-hmm. And we'll basically keep the room sound. And that's about, that's it. about <laughs> it. Yeah. Just the feeling of being of the room and that uh, the oomph of being in a real room, not everything just completely. So that's my one thing with sample drums sometimes where I'm just like, you can tell when it's just, they're literally just fully programmed and they're, I, I'm just not as much of a fan of it. So I appreciate that you guys can for sure do that on that. Right? Yeah. And I, mean, I think when we were like going through the album, we knew with our sort of the guy we had mixed, we were going to mix it. We're like, we need someone who can like go in and be surgical and do this kind of thing. And for this album, we're like, no, we don't really want to like be, we want to be, it's funny as I say this, we want to be more like organic with the drums. Mm-hmm. And yet we were like way more, uh, what's the, what's the opposite of organic? Synthetic. Yeah, <laughs> with, I get what you're all, saying. Yeah. With, with all the other elements on, on on the recording, we went way more like digital with it, but we wanted to get a better drum recording. So, um, basically, I think it was 2019. Oh man, I, I, it's got to be 2019. That sounds so weird to say, but the winter of 2019, we recorded drums for the full length for Hyper Reels, and then. 2019 was actually the year I was doing all my solo stuff. So I think, yeah. So I think I just like didn't really, I'm sure I have a better uh, justification for this, but 
I just like wasn't really putting a whole lot of time into the band, so we just never really got around to recording it. Or there was a certain band dynamic at the time where like going into the studio to record is like work. Like we have to actually like grind out this this album, right? And there's there's one more thing, but we're more of like a live live band. Like we prefer to like just go out and I get what you're live. Saying, yeah. So like that was a big thing. It's like we need really we really needed like to block off two months to just be like every weekend we're going to be recording and when every other weekend you're like well we have a show booked it's like how can we get sort of the the flow yeah that's it ended up being very hard like that so we just never really got the ball rolling like that and the other thing was we actually pre-proed everything on guitars and had it done <laughs> and then the this is actually going to be a, 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 another funny story uh we had everything recorded as if there's a common method of recording this style where you record drums last. So you pre-produce all the guitars. Mm -hmm. So we did, we delivered all the guitars, assuming that those tones were going to work. And we used those to record the drums. And then our first mix engineer didn't want to use those guitar tones. So we were under the impression that we were going to have to redo all the guitars now to our drums. Now we're doing it more yeah. a conventional way of... Yeah. So I think just that vibe of like, we have to do it again. Like, this isn't fun. We've already done this. So that sort of set us back for like a year. And then I don't really know what was the big thing. It was like, we have to get this album done. But we just started grinding it out last spring. And it probably took us two or three months. Did all the guitar, did all the bass. Spent months, months on the vocals. And probably by the fall, we had everything mixed with our second mix engineer i don't think we need to go into uh that story but we had some fallout with our was that was that the guy who didn't want to use the guitar tones yeah i just oh, okay it, it, it was both of our faults like we spent way too like when we signed the contract to do the deal it was like like i said during january 2019 and by the time we had got around to giving him the full album, it was like summer 2020. So it's yeah, like, well, it. things change. So like you can't really expect a contract to last that long. And I thought usually like, I'm usually pretty sketched about doing business with friends, like someone who you kind of know on a I got you, personal yeah. level. So it was just better to sort of cut ties and be like, no hard feelings, but let's oh, of course, sort of yeah. do business with someone that's just more strictly professional just because it keeps the relationship on a, a better wavelength. Mm -hmm. That's better for sure. And the, the thing is that that just kind of made me chuckle with, with you guys having to redo the guitars. I mean, it's nothing against that, that mix or anything, but just like for you guys to redo guitars, it's like, that is a big deal. So I can understand why you'd be like, Oh my gosh, seriously. Like, it's not like if you're playing in like a, um, a rock band where you have like three minute long songs, again, nothing against that, but it's just like, re-recording that compared to re-recording a seven to eight to six minute long song that has super intricate guitar parts that's a hefty order <laughs> and and it, get, it gets worse so <laughs> oh no no <laughs> uh, there's something I, I i use uh ableton for all my like audio work so there's a common there's a really big lesson i learned through this which i had never encountered before so uh, kudos to my bandmates for dealing with my major mistake here. But it, it turns out if you label a channel by the same name, it like it'll keep it keeps track. It keeps like a labeling process of like 
what clips you're using. So whatever happened, I, I have a channel which I use to record, and then I sort of drag the audio file into its sort of place in the oh, arrangement. So I have like a bass channel, but I don't record with the bass channel. I just record on a blank, and I call it tracking. So I had a tracking channel for myself. I had a tracking channel for the bass. I had a tracking channel for the other uh, guitar part for Matt. I had a tracking channel. So what basically happened was, the tracking channel labeling process began to override the takes. Uh, so they were obviously with prog metal, we don't record like an entire section sometimes in one take. We have to sort oh, of go in sure. and, and be sort of surgical with it. So there were times where I would load up the project and the parts would be all out of place. Like the vocal would be in the guitar or the bass would be in the guitar part because of the labeling process. So we had to redo <laughs> Probably, I had to redo some of my parts a couple times. I think Matt, our guitar player, was completely done. And then I totally fudged one of the songs when I recorded oh. bass. So there were times where like, hey, this album will not <laughs> end. And we just kept messing it up. So I was, it was tough when you get to that level of like, we're so close to being done. We've already done it numerous times. But I think in the end, like I said, I think this whole album process has been a really good learning experience. And we we know, we learn a lot of things, and I think we've got better all around in all those areas. So that it's not like it hasn't really been for waste. It's just uh, mm-hmm. you gotta sometimes learn things the hard way. <laughs> for sure, and there's there's something to be said for making not necessarily mistakes, but just like just you know to, to group it in that if you have mistakes or roadblocks that you hit or things like that, where it's just such a silly little thing that happened, but it was it created such a big ripple ripple effect that like just messed everything up (laughs) it's like sometimes going through those experiences you're just like okay i've learned to not do it that way or i've learned to label things differently or oh i've learned to whatever it is right you know that's a and that's a good metaphor for life too if you're just like you learn from your mistakes that's you know that's the best way to be because if you're not making mistakes to learn or you're not hitting roadblocks every once in a while to learn how do I get past this roadblock? You're not going to get any better at what you're doing, right? That's, Mm -hmm. that's the whole point. I mean, as someone who records audio, I can appreciate the fact that something like that happened and you had to redo it. Cause I've, I mean, not on the same scale, obviously, cause I don't have, like, I don't know how many tracks on average one of your songs would have, but I would, I would imagine it is much more than five or six. Um, so well, I can only yeah. imagine, right? It, it, it'd be the same thing as you record an entire, entire podcast and you have to like call back up your, your guests, like, hey, we got to do it again. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, I've you, been they're not going to be happy. <laughs> yeah. I've been blessed that that has only happened once. Knock on fake wood because. Yeah, actually, I got a wood comb here. Thanks, Mean Beard. I'll knock on that. <laughs> Shout out to Mean Beard. Yeah, sir. But, um, you know, that only happened once. Shouts to my boy, Kane and Cable, Fear the Beard, for being wonderful and doing that podcast all over again. I didn't know them very well at the time. So, <laughs> but yeah, no. It's like you you can't have a, a guest on who you don't know, for example, at all. And it's like, hey, so, you know, that whole podcast we just did. Well... <laughs> Um, I was editing it and I accidentally overlapped my voice file with your voice file. So now it's just me talking to myself. <laughs> like, do you think we could uh, 
or like I've had this happen where I've had to call people to redo certain parts where they answer a question because, you know, I've had something happen with the internet and they glitch out really bad. Mm, and it's right. like, Hey, can you send me a clip of you answering that question again? And it's like, it's not the same. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just so I can totally appreciate the, uh, the audio <laughs> issues for sure. But we got through it and it's done and it's coming up tomorrow. So we're all yeah. pretty stoked on that. <laughs> and it sounds fantastic, man. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm hyped to uh, just to hype it up now, guys, next week, I'm going to be doing a, uh, an album showcase of Hyper Reels in its entirety. So get ready for that. That's going to be very exciting. We're going to be doing s- similar to Mark when I did your EP uh, almost a lifetime ago. It feels like at this point, episode 201 of The Hotter Show. Um, you know, we're going to play the full uh, full album and then I'll do a little talk about my some of my favorite songs. So be sure to tune in for that next Thursday, guys. we be very excited for that. But Talking about Hyper Reels, obviously you guys, you did something cool actually this, basically this whole year leading up to the release of the album in which the last Friday of every month, you actually dropped a brand new single. So walk me through that process because that's something really cool that I didn't, um, when I was looking at the singles, I'm like, oh, this is kind of, this is cool that they did it this way. Where, where did the idea from that come from? Um, I think... The I had saw or I'd seen bands do this. Notably, I think the band Spirit Box had been really successful with, with this approach where they probably had this is where I got the idea from. They probably had like enough songs for a full length or an EP, but instead of like putting it out as like a single and then X amount of weeks go by and then there's the EP launch, they did it like single and then sort of like dust settles single you know build the hype yeah. and then settles and then every so, so, so often it was they would sort of like sort of poke through the algorithmic dust and sort of yeah. get into your feed right so and then by the end of that they put out like i think they called it like um the singles collection or something like that so then it ended up being promoted as both singles and then after they turn around all that you know traffic generation awareness promotion they can turn around and use it again as like a secondary thing yeah so it was that idea mixed with the idea that we were in a lockdown and we couldn't do a very conventional approach of like maybe a single or two big showcase release concert maybe a tour and then blah then we maybe another single who knows yeah yeah and then the thing we didn't want basically was to like i said spend four years on this album (laughs) have like a two-month window of hype and then it'd be over so we're like let's not metaphorically blow our load in two months let's just like (laughs) draw it out so chess game let's be strategic about long game (laughs) (laughs) well then i think it paid off for you guys because i mean i mean it kept you guys in my in my feed too where i'm like Oh, like I'd be on Spotify and oh hey, new single. I'm like, oh, awesome. And then it wasn't until like we started talking today and I was like, Oh yeah, that's a really cool thing that you guys did. Cause like some bands lately, what they've been doing, like Machine Head just did it where they dropped a single, like it was late last year, and then they just dropped a single, but it was three songs. So it's like 
Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of bands are trying different things, especially in this time period where, like, I'm sure you guys would be doing a, an album showcase of the, yeah, of some kind of like a release party or whatever you'd like to call it of Hyper Reels. Is that something that you're hoping to maybe do later this year, or are you just kind of gonna release it and then whenever you can get back to shows, you're gonna just kind of. Yeah, we'll definitely have some like legacy shows for the album when when we can. At the same time, we've actually been playing these songs. <laughs> like this has been most of our live sets. Anyone who's seen us in the last two years have basically experienced these songs. So, um, if we get the chance, we definitely will like give it a proper sort of send off. But um, yeah, we'll have to sort of see what see what happens. I also appreciate the fact that it's like you know, like you mentioned earlier. We basically already have a full another album written, ready to start. I can appreciate kind of chomping at the bit to be like, all right, we're really proud of this. And it, it you know, it's, it sounds fantastic. There's tons of great songs. I'm super excited about it for you guys, but also I can appreciate the fact that like, let's, let's get on to what's uh, I can totally <laughs> yeah, appreciate that. <laughs> especially in the live setting. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably the, the one that's the most on that. Um, wavelength but uh yeah we just gotta take it one step at a time mm-hmm. we're actually having our uh <laughs> we're having a band rehearsal tonight oh the, nice probably the first full band rehearsal we've had since like last year which is wow, like that's awesome trippy like we used to rehearse like every week so going from every week to and then like an entire year is just like I don't even know what we're going to be like. We're going to be like so rusty. Do we so still know how to play? <laughs> like, what? What? There's, there's some people I've spoken with, especially just, you know, over the last year, obviously the pandemic has been a huge topic of conversation. Uh, not so much the pandemic itself, but what they've been doing. And there's been a couple of people that have been like, yeah, I really haven't played music <laughs> like in the last year. Like, am I going to remember how to like perform? Am I going to have to relearn my instrument? Like it's, it, there's a lot of people who haven't been doing that, but then there's also some people that it's like, you know, they didn't even want to, they don't want to touch their instrument. Cause they're like, it, it's making me sad. Cause I can't go out and do what I love to do. So it's, you know, but it's awesome. That you guys are going to be able to get to uh, do a rehearsal tonight. I'm very, very excited. For yeah. You guys for I can, I can definitely appreciate Like I think when that, when the, not to maybe dwell on the pandemic, pandemic but i can maybe add one <laughs> one uh share one thought uh i think when like when it was first kicking in that sensation i think ev- it hit everyone of like i don't remember w- what what it's called but there's that sort of like hierarchy of needs where it's yeah. like where I, until you feel like you have safety you can't really work on like the higher needs of like mm-hmm. artistic expression um so maybe that sort of hit, hit all of us at some point but the there's a a quote that's been sort of driving me home, which is something that I've probably was doing intuitively or instinctively as sort of a more of a introverted <laughs> character mm-hmm. is, uh, oh, I'm going to butcher the quote. It's like no, no great work or the, the, the price of greatness is great solitude or something like that. Something along the lines of great work comes at the expense of great solitude. So I've just been sort of treating it like, well, we actually have an excuse to be in solitude and to yeah, be working exactly. on stuff. So I've just been sort of treating it like now is an opportunity to explore these inner environments that I know can't explore the outer environment. So you might as well be focusing on constructive ways of using this time and 
other avenues. Yeah. And like, you know, as creative people, you know, we're fortunate enough to be able to have that outlet, right. Where a lot of people don't have that outlet. So they've been looking for stuff to do. I mean, I've been working this entire time, so I haven't really been in solitude. I've been very fortunate on that uh, with that, but like, I can definitely, there are times when I'm like, well, I can't go see friends. So let's see if they want to do a podcast or like, you know, like let's get on zoom and chat and like, let's, you know, oh, I guess I'll tackle this thing. I always wanted to, I always wanted to start writing. Let's do that. Like, it's just like, there's, and that's the one beautiful thing about this. Just again, not to dwell on it, but just like the one thing I've personally seen from this pandemic is a lot of people who were wanting to do creative things mm, yeah. have started doing them. And I mean, everyone and their grandma has a podcast now, which is, which is awesome. Like, you know, I'm all about it, but there are people that I, I spoke to years ago that wanted to do a podcast, you know, and now they're doing it. Or there's people that I know have been sitting on material for an album that are now, they're getting ready to release it or I always wanted to do a solo record and they're getting ready to write it. So it's like, there's something, it's something to be said for the solitude. You know, if you're, if you're having that solitude already, use it for, if you can, you know, use it for your advantage any way that you can. Right. Totally. Well, that being said, there's also something to be said for just living, (laughs) you know, there's nothing wrong with the people who haven't been, they've just kind of been like, I'm just going to like live and like, let's just get through this and we'll come out on the other side and be like, all right, let's get back to life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For sure, definitely. Well, going back to Hyperreals for a minute with the with the singles, um, let's talk a little bit about that. So, the latest one you guys dropped was Bloom. Um, so let's maybe start there. Walk me through just just a little bit as far as the where the song comes from. A little bit about the recording of that specific song. Any fun stories? Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So this song, Bloom. Um, had a pretty cool genesis, I would say. Most of the songs kind of start off with um, a skeleton. So I'll kind of come to the band with riffs and arrangements. Pretty lifeless, just like the the, the shell of a song. Mm. Uh, it takes all the guys to come in, put their spin on it, put their personality into it, put their energy into it to sort of enliven the creature or of the song. So... The real genesis of the song came from um, a an evening where I was hanging out with our vocalist, Maxra, uh, and we were watching the film Waking Life. Have you ever seen that movie? Waking Life. Okay, it's like a very trippy, rotoscoped, philosophical okay. kind of thing. It, I think if you if you want to sort of appreciate this song on a deeper level, go watch that film because it'll it'll make the music video make more sense as well as all the sort of the, the okay. lyrical themes. So our kind of uh, interpretation of that um, film was there was like one scene, and it's I'm going to butcher this. This is where. I, it's good to have the vocalist take care of these things because he's he's more uh, the he's more of the uh, intellectual than than I am. But um, there's a scene where there's a guy playing a ukulele and he's sort of saying how 
there was like one quote. I'm gonna see if I can pull this out. But like we sleep through our our lives. Like we sort of go through life asleep, sort of going through the mundane routines. And when we are asleep, we're actually more awake to be free in, in our dreams. So we're actually like, what was it saying? Like sleep, sleepwalking through I got life. You. Okay, I feel kind like of thing. So there was just this sort of duality of like how we're more like actually awake or more like conscious in our dreams than we are maybe like in when we're actually in our what we perceive as our uh, waking life. <laughs> so we sort of took that concept and ran with it and our concept was there's a man who is stuck in a dream like he can't awake from a dream so every time he like tries he's like living through all these like nightmare scenarios or either like either like google like dream meetings you know like there's like certain oh, yeah. like common uh dream uh archetypes that like you know you're you're falling or you're can't run or your teeth are falling out or you're being chased by someone chased, things like right that. dude i could cut a whole podcast just from that <laughs> i'm all about that <laughs> yeah so there's something very primal or you know it speaks to the human experience so we thought oh there's gotta be so like all the verses go through these sort of like common dream meetings and we're sort of we're basically just riffing on on that um and yeah, that's really the song. It's just like talking about, I mean, the, the hyper hyper in general is like hyper-reality, meaning like an augmented state of reality or your kind of your consciousness state of perceiving reality. So we're sort of playing with all these different scenarios where either like artificial intelligence or, you know, all these sort of like sci-fi concepts are coming into an sort of integrating with our everyday sort of experience. And this is just one of those examples of like, what would be an idea of like s someone having a state of hyper reality is, oh, their reality is now like in a state of perpetual dreaming and they can't actually like awake from this state of perpetual sleep. Okay. I got you. Okay. That makes sense. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm all about like the dream and looking into, I'm all about that. <laughs> so that's, that's cool. Then uh, going on with the rest of the singles here, uh, Pilgrim, which is one that um, it was the first one I heard out of the, the batch of them. Um, and it was, uh, I mean, it's, it's a badass one. I mean, I like them all, but I, th I think Pilgrim was probably one of my favorites. I don't know why I can't, I can't pinpoint why, but I'm like, I think that's one of my favorites. So walk me through Pilgrim. Yeah. Pilgrim is sort of like our, uh, our slow burn sort of like relief track. Like it, it's, there's not a lot of relief on the album. Like there's moments in song that kind of bring the energy down, but I think this song in general is way more relaxed, but something about that, um, calmness or lower energy, What's, it's sort of like the, the contrast. Like if you have something that's really sort of soft and light, and then as soon as you give them the heavy heavy stuff, it's just sort yeah. of by contrast, it seems like it's way more aggressive than you know. It, Hearing it on be, its own as a standalone, <laughs> it's a very like you know it, it is a it's a great you know heavy track for sure. But like in comparison to some of the others, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, like that that last breakdown riff could be like a seven. 
in the rest of the tracks, but since it's yeah. by itself the only really moment where you're really creating that uh, sort of explosion, it's like a, a nine or a ten on the yeah on the Richter uh, <laughs> on the riff scale. There you go. <laughs> uh, so the Pilgrim uh, again lyrically, I won't be the best person to sort of touch on the sort of societal commentary that's in there. Um, but I can speak to its genesis again. Like, uh, this is a song that I co-wrote with the guitarist, uh, also his name's Matt, Matt McCabe. And he came in with that lead guitar part or that sort of that intro clean part. And I think he had some, some riffs or some, you know, the harmony, like he had that first section worked out harmonically and melodically. And then we sort of worked together to build the arrangement. So like we had like the verse in the chorus is already there. So when you have a verse in the chorus, it's just like a no brainer to like draw it out and then write a bridge, give them a breakdown, call it a day. Definitely. So it's a, it's a badass track and that's cool to hear. It's always, it's always, I always love hearing about like how songs come together and stuff. Cause it's just, it just always fascinated me as a fan. As far as uh, the next song I wanted to discuss here, um, which is another one that was one that really stood out to me, uh, which was Departed. Mm. Yes, Departed is probably the the biggest riff salad. So it's the most <laughs> exploratory. Love it. The most, it's probably the heaviest song or the it's definitely the most technical song. So I think, I think those first five songs on the record, which Departed being, Departed being the second one, those really showcased like all of the little varieties of the band. But I think Departed is just like balls to the wall, just like the heaviest of the heavy, heavy we got. Yeah. And uh, yeah, live, it, that's, really one, that's a really fun one to play. That's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely like out of the collection of the singles, um, it's definitely the heaviest and it's like, oh yeah, right right away I was like, oh yeah, I'm for it. <laughs> yeah, and then there's some, I think I wrote that or it was written around the time when the first season of Westworld came out. Okay. I don't know if you've ever seen Westworld. But a little bit, a little bit, yeah. There's, there's a lot of, I think Westworld, Black Mirror, um, hell, like Rick and Morty, um, some of these, oh, some of these shows, like even like you know Futurama, the whole they're really working in that sort of futuristic mm -hmm. sci-fi world. So we're really just borrowing uh, all these concepts from them to sort of build our own lore. So uh, Departed is sort of like the Westworld theme okay. of like um, it, it has like a the other beautiful thing I find about this record that I don't know if people are gonna be able to pick up on because it's not very. It's not very obvious and maybe it's just the way i uh i interpret some of the lyrics but there's a dual metaphor between there's like the literal thing and i think there's a more like a, there's a spiritual aspect to the lyric where we're trying what's the word not it's not a metaphor but it's like a as a dual meaning i'm not sure what the word is i'm looking i know for what you're it. yeah i can't think of the word either but it's not oxy it's not oxymoron but there's some implied thing so for this one i i love the idea that in westworld you have these um robots or ai and they basically one of them becomes 
awake or, you know, enlightened. So there's like your first sort of main uh, connection. And then the idea of the the robots being in Westworld or the AI or the, I think they're called the hosts. The hosts are sort of like these things that you would go around and kill and you could have, you know, get, get your rocks off totally killing or abusing or raping or, you know, the, these hosts are just there for your pleasure in this sort of simulated world, which is what Westworld is. Um, and the idea that these robots would live over and over and over again sort of has another parallel to like the idea of reincarnation. Like mm. maybe we are the same way and we've been on earth over and over and over again, but we haven't really awakened to realize that we've, you know, live past life or things like that. So just like those like little, little seeds that are in the song for me have like this deeper meaning that we're trying to get across. The kind of like, it was almost like a double entendre kind of thing. There you go. That's, that's the, the, by the way, guys, that's what I was doing. I was like, <laughs> I'm the worst. I need, I need like an intern who just like hangs out. And anytime something like that happens, I can just be like, yo, young Jamie, let's look up the, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I need a Jamie. <laughs> oh man yeah no but yeah double attention that's awesome and i mean it's it's funny you bring up uh some of the shows you because like i i did love black mirror i just never watched wrestle but i'm also a huge rick and morty fan so it's funny that you <laughs> bring all that up kind mm-hmm. of the futuristic thing and the obviously future empathy um well that's awesome for sure that's great uh as far as another single i want to make sure we talk about which is summit which real quick one thing that i loved was when your vocalist did that performance video hmm. blew my freaking mind because i was like okay like he's very talented and everything but i'm like oh you know like live how is this going to sound right you never really know and then i'm watching it and i'm like <laughs> like okay he's really that good all the time all right good to know <laughs> that that's good to know because I, I think I think Matt had some reservations about like, does anyone really care about like, I think seeing a guitar playthrough is pretty common, but I don't think we, we didn't, we weren't really sure if vocal playthroughs were like as. Oh dude. Interesting. Or as. Yeah. I love it. Especially if, if you've got the chops and you can do it, you know, it's uh, like, I'm, I'm a big, uh, I shouldn't say I'm a big, but I am a fan. I'm a fan of Devin Townsend. Right. So like he did a playthrough. It was a playthrough for EMG guitars. And he was playing his song. Um, oh my goodness! Ocean Machine. <laughs> no. Oh my! I gotta look it up. That yo, I need my intern. Oh my! I can literally, I could sing you the whole song right now. Like it's like, uh, it's from a while ago. Um, I know I have it saved, so I can, I can, I can. Uh, it won't take me long to find. Um, but last album. No, it is not actually. It's not off Empath. It's a it's an older song, um, but shouts to Empath because I love, I love <laughs> that record. Um, yo, where? Oh, it's not Devin Towns. It's Devin Towns and Project. That's why I can't find it. Sorry, guys. I swear to God, this is uh, this is gonna be worth it. It's gonna be a big payoff. Oh, here. It, it's probably Kingdom. Transcendence. Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kingdom is that he did a performance of Kingdom, and like that's a wick. It's not a super technical song on guitar, but he was singing it while he was playing it. And I tuned in to listen to Devin Townsend play guitar because I knew he was a great guitar player, but I didn't know. And he said, I was like, what? (laughs) Like, (laughs) he's he's really that good. I'm like, can he do the screaming though? And then he does it. And I'm like, I I give up. I quit. Like, just what's the point? When there's people that talented out there, I'm just like, man, why bother, right? (laughs) It's just like... 
I think I think uh, the last concert I went to before the lockdown hit was Devin Townsend. Really? When he, when he came through on Empath. It was uh, probably November or December of wow. whatever, whatever it was. 2019? That sounds so trippy yeah. to say. Dude, well, 2020, 2020? doesn't exist, right? <laughs> yeah, weird. But yeah, um, if, you, if you like that, if you like Summit and you like the vocals on Summit, there's a clip... We did this uh, on our YouTube channel. There's a sort of mini documentary of all the oh, okay. instruments going through, and I don't know. I don't know if you're gonna be able to. If you, I don't know if you knew this when you when you hear the song, but we got like super OCD with some of the vocal harmony <laughs> harmonies that we we did in there. Like, also shout out to our mixer Zane because we just sent him like in a stupid amount of vocal tracks. Like we had. Um, I think for that song, like Departed, just to jump after that, we did, there's like sort of that choir part. Yes. That yeah. ends up being like a four part harmony, like double track. So it's like we're setting like at least like eight to 10 vocal channels oh all in any song. So, anyways, in some, there's a clip where our, basically what happened was our drummer, Steve, wanted to hear one of the sections with like a female vocalist feature. And we'd heard some bands that do that, like maybe like Protest has done that, or I can't remember. Anyways, so what, what does Matt do? He's like, oh, I'll just sing it falsetto. And he does the entire melody an octave higher. So I think in that one section, there's actually a clip of Matt singing. It's either a unison on the main line, or it's the main part, an octave higher, and an octave lower. So that's just, is that actually him doing it, The that one part on the on the record? It's. I, I could probably pull up. I could probably pull up, pull up the the actual stem. There's some hilarious moments with the. With See, the I, I love because like I always want to be a singer, right? So like I love that. I am a nerd for vocal, like uh, like layering harmonies and hearing just the vocal tracks to hear how they performed it and vocal sing throughs or whatever. I am yeah. all about that. I, I love it. Oh, I can pull it up. I don't know how. Oh, he's gonna go get it. We're doing this live, folks. He's gonna go get I, it. I have my microphone over there, so I'm gonna have to crank it up in it before I get to album three. Where post pro? This is live, folks. Summit. This is it. Look at that beautiful studio he's got going there, though. Very vibey. This dude's. Yeah, I can pull it up because that was one of like my favorite things to do was. Like I, I think we spent we spent weeks because once we had the guitars done, it was okay. Now it's just vocals, and I think we had a routine of like uh, twice a week, and we can only do so long, right? Because when you're dealing with recording vocals, you probably have like an hour tops with your your cleans. So we would record cleans first because if you went rigid the heavy, you would just wear out your voice. Yeah. So. Yeah, we we, we spent like we sometimes spend an entire session on just like the harmonies. So I think we'd go through, maybe do all the mains, maybe near the end of the session once your voice is getting a little scratchier, do the the dirties, do the harsh, yeah, and then come back do a whole session just on like doubling layers, harmonies, choirs. Harmonies. There's uh we we got into um a lot more electronic stuff. So you might hear some like vocoder or um just like, like little things like that are in there. I live for all that stuff too, man. Like as a, as a huge fan of like uh, 
podcast audio dramas and stuff like that, mainly horror ones where like they're doing a bunch of crazy stuff to someone's voice to make them sound like a, a demon or a ghost or something like I, I live for that yeah. stuff. So that's, I'm all about it. <laughs> if, if, if I have more time to prep, I, I could show you the, the vocals on departed because there's some cool vocoders and there's some cool delay stuff we did, but here's the, uh, the isolated vocals. Taste. I don't know how well it's going to turn out, but Ice. Wednesday comes a spirit broken. We are numb, so how do we rebuild? When comes, the spirit broke Jeez. We are numb, so how do we rebuild? Yeah, like, listen to that. That is so how do we rebuild? Dude. Beautiful. That's insane. I thought he was like talented as fuck before. <laughs> now I'm just like, <laughs> what? If yeah, you it, didn't tell me that was him doing it, I would have like, I would have been like, oh yeah, they pulled someone in, but that's holy cow. The fact that he goes as low as he does and then he goes that high like perfectly is insane. Yes. Yeah. Range ra- range for days. Big shouts to him, man. That's freaking. That's insane. I mean, again, everybody involved with this album is super talented, next level. But just man, that he just blew my mind with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I even just love hearing that stuff. Like, I love hearing the stems and the behind the scene kind of stuff. Like, oh yeah, I'm all. About and, it. and then it's also something you you can't fully appreciate. Like, not not to like. Obviously, not to like talk down like the I don't know how to what I'm trying to get this point across, but like when you when you hear the entire album, you have to sacrifice like you you couldn't just have all vocals because you got to yeah. keep room for the drums and the bass. So you have to sort of like sacrifice these like really lush arrangements with the vocals to make room for all the other things. So it's like yeah, they're in there, but they're not really like noticeable. So hopefully, Hopefully there's a trend that people might find with this record is it's very, very dense. And you, I know from experience, there's albums I've listened to that I didn't really get the first time or didn't like the first time I listened to it. I would think this might be an album that you have to give it a couple times through to like find all the nuggets. But mm-hmm. uh, I'll let people decide. <laughs> well, now, now every time I hear that song and that part, that part's going to stand out to me. That, that high harmony is going to stand out to me, right? And that's kind of the fun thing about doing stuff like this, where it's like, you know, maybe you wouldn't have talked about that in the other place. Right? Like, it's just like, yeah. it's cool to do that. And and having the, I think it was a, it was a behind the album or something like that, that uh, Butch Vig did on Nirvana's Nevermind. Yes. And there was a, it was this huge clip that went around YouTube forever. I'm sure you probably know what I'm about to yeah, say. I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and it's, there was a, it was um, something in the way. And there was a high harmony that Kurt did that like, he plays it for a second and then he goes, Whoa, what was that? And they go back and it's like this super, super high harmony that you don't really hear in the final version. Mm. And I remember Butch going like, yo, why wasn't that louder? That's beautiful. Because, you know, Kurt wasn't known for his 
vocal prowess, mm-hmm. but that was a beautiful high harmony he did. And I was like, yo, what? Like, so I, I love all that stuff. I'm all about it. <laughs> the, the, there's a similar clip. This is what I thought you were talking about was uh, Butch showed the, the solo for Smell Like Teen Spirit. Yeah. Which is funny because I teach a lot of guitar and that's the song that I come across. So sometimes what I do is I show students Kurt playing it live just to sort of be like, Maybe to make them feel better a little bit, because when they play live, it's just not very good. <laughs> but uh, I'll, 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 anyways, when, when they play it live, the solo is like non-existent. I don't think I've really seen a live clip where Kurt plays that solo live. But when you, anyways, Bush showed this clip of the soloed guitar take, and it's a shame because what happens at the end of the solo is it fades out, right? But they recorded all of this like beautiful feedback overtones. And one of the most cool sonic swell happens like after it fades out. It's like, why didn't you keep that beautiful blooming sonic feedback? That just like, but I mean, you gotta serve the song, right? So exactly, right. You can't just have like this feedback over the verse that's coming in. But yeah, I mean, you could, but it's like, (laughs) yeah, you know, what? One more Nirvana behind the scenes things as we're on the topic. There was another video that was going around for a while that was, it was for uh, In Bloom. Wait, yeah. is the word. Yeah. And there was, a, again, they were breaking it down. And there was, a, the Butch was like, and then, of course, Dave wanted to come in and do the harmony. And he plays Dave's harmony. They, again, you don't really hear it in the final version, but it's like, you know, it's Dave Grohl, you know, doing the Dave Grohl yell. And I'm like, Whoa, imagine oh, if that I, was I just a little louder in I the final version. That's cool. It's just like now he's Dave Grohl. <laughs> like I, I, it's just I only, like... Yeah, I only associated Dave Grohl singing on those albums with like a couple backup harmonies yeah. and maybe more of like when they did like the the unplugged stuff. Yeah, Marigold. Hear that. But I, I didn't know he yeah. was doing some of the heavier vocals underneath or in layer. I'll have to yeah, go back and listen to some of that. There's no, and then there's only one Nirvana song where he actually did vocals, which was um, oh my goodness, no, I just had it <laughs> Jamie. on. Jamie, like, uh, so young there, Jamie, where are you? There's there's a song by Nirvana where Kurt's not the lead vocal on. There's only it's it, it's a very obscure song. Again, I could probably sing you the whole effing song right now, uh, Nirvana. Was it one of those like BBC live things or no, it was recorded and it was a song that it was one of the first songs Dave ever wrote, like completely by himself. Hmm. Um, uh, no, damn it, damn it, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) No, oh, what is my buddy would kill me right now, Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. Okay, yeah, Marigold is one, but that's not the song I'm thinking of. Because Marigold's a, a Nirvana song, but it's a very kind of obscure. I think I drank too much. What is that fucking song? Was Was David drummer during the first album? I thought he came in for Nevermind. Yeah, he came in for Nevermind. I wouldn't think it's on Nevermind, would it be? No, it's not. It's a it's like it was like a B side. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Is, okay, they don't have that much stuff. I'm just gonna sorry guys, I swear to God we're gonna get back to our conversation, but I need to figure this out. I'll leave all this kind of stuff in now because I find it fun. <laughs> but 
Let's go. I'm I'm interested. I'm so. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't know that there's a. I thought I got the vibe that um, Dave never like brought his songs to the table because it was he like, didn't. well, we we have Kurt or we have I'm Kurt just Cobain. the drummer the and yeah. I can do backups. I didn't really think there was a, a tune that was like. Oh, yeah, it's actually... an acoustic song. Okay, might... and yes. I don't I don't know if I'm gonna be able to. I'm gonna. It is gonna piss me off beyond no end because the second we stop recording <laughs> yeah. this podcast, I'm gonna find it. You, you, you can do, do do it in post. Just have add a little, <laughs> add a little. You, you just do a little cut. It was this song. Cut back. It's in here somewhere. Oh my goodness, boy! This is bothering me so much, so much. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, okay, okay, okay. Hang on, one more, one more thing, folks. One more thing. Foo Fighters, uh, Fighters. What was that live acoustic, live acoustic album? What the hell was that thing called? Uh, that Skin unplugged. and Bones. Okay, I got this now. I know how I'm going to figure this out. Oh, I got it, this. Did did Foo Fighters actually record it? Yes, they recorded a live version of it. And the second I see it, I'm going to like mark out and lose my shit. The second I see it. <laughs> it's not Marigold. Friend of a friend. There you go. Boom. Friend of a friend Mystery is solved, the folks. song. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I need an intern. So, yeah, friend of a friend. There is a version of it, I believe, that Nirvana recorded, I think. Now, I'm not so sure. Don't quote me on that. But for those of you who like Foo Fighters, friend of a friend. Was it an original song that he wrote while he was in Nirvana? He showed, and it's about him showing his songs to Kurt, basically, hmm. and being like, "Oh, maybe they're not that bad." So anyway, let's get back to what we were talking about before, folks. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of content you get here on the Harder Show, folks. Uh, <laughs> Big segues. Will we spend? I spend five minutes trying to find the name of a fucking song from like twenty years ago. <laughs> oh, good times, good times, but. The last song that I want to make sure we touch on in the, the batch of singles, which, by the way, thank you for showing me that uh, stem from someone because that was really, really cool to see that. And if you guys haven't seen the – go check out uh, Matrix's YouTube channel and everything because if you haven't seen that live vocal playthrough uh, for Summit, you are missing out because it is really, really cool. So big shout out to the Mac because that was a really, really cool performance. But uh, the last song, of course, we have to talk about is Catalyst. So walk me through Catalyst. What's uh what's the groove of that song there? Oh, Catalyst. Um, yeah, this is this is a lot to unpack. <laughs> um, okay, I guess we'll, we'll go there. That's cool. <laughs> it, it has sort of these like I don't know. It hits me different ways in different times, and um, it's sort of like. It was kind of personal and kind of emotional, but then, yeah. So we'll, 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 we'll go well, down we can, that route. We can go into as far as you want. You don't have to try to no, have anything, it, but yeah. It, it's good. Uh, it, it's part, I think it's part of the story, and it just it's, it just doesn't get any easier to like <laughs> to sure, talk about. Yeah. Um, so I wrote that song basically coming out of a surgery. So I had uh, I had, what do you call it? Basically, I had a tumor on my tongue, and the cancer spread from my tongue to my mm. lymph nodes, and we just had to do the whole thing. And then I had to go through radiation treatment and the whole thing. So it was sort of me going – it was basically like a me in recovery song or just me sort of – I wrote that piece 
I think it was actually before the whole thing, but though that was sort of like the headspace of like that's going on. And I think the inspiration for me was like writing for the band, like there's all like the band chemistry. So it was very much like writing it for all these guys. So mm. when you're writing it, you're sort of writing it like what would the bass, like what would Liam be playing on the bass, even though he's not like writing it? It almost seems like when you're sketching it out, it doesn't really matter like who writes the part. It's just like, you're going to be playing it. You're going to work out what it is. It's just more like, again, serving the song. Um, so that was sort of like the instrumental inception. And then it turns out, this is probably the only time this has happened in the band history, but all of the other guys got together and wrote the lyrics together, wrote like the the vocal process to so the lyrics and the melodies and whatnot. So that happened. And then like maybe months later, once we were all sort of back in the flow of things, we that was like a song that was on our radar of like, what song should we include mm-hmm. in the new album? And that was a, that's probably one of the, the newer, newest songs. All the songs are written in a much earlier era. So I guess the story goes, when we rehearsed that song, it's like a seven minute song. We got together and we had we had a practice room at the rehearsal factory at the time. And we got like soundtracked, did a little warm up jam and we rehearsed that song. First time we played it, we played it front to back with like no mistakes. It was just like wow. the trippiest experience. Um, and I think since then, it's been like a, it's one of the songs live that's just like, it has all the moments again. Like it's just got a lot of variety. So um, yeah, just it, it's probably the least like Hyper Reels-esque in the sense of it doesn't necessarily, it, it has, again, the me- I think there's a metaphor of like a man finding these gems or there's, again, I can't really speak best to the, the lyrical content, but there are, there's these metaphors that are in the lyrics if you want to, uh, psychoanalyze the lyrics but yeah that was just sort of the i guess the inspiration for for me for that song was just like some of that personal history was mm-hmm. involved in the creation process of that song yeah and a very real thing you know to, to go through you know and i mean it's a it's a beautiful song so i mean it's you know you can really again now knowing that you know, the fact that that's kind of the history behind the song, like it. And again, I'm a fan of knowing that kind of stuff too. Cause it's like, it can make the song hit a little differently. Right. If that makes sense. And, you know, yeah. I'm glad that you were able to get that. I'll take care of everything too, obviously, because I'm a big fan of your work. So <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that, well, you, were, you know, we're all, we're all in the clear. So we're good. Awesome. I'm glad to, <laughs> I'm glad to hear it, man, for sure. Um, and that's, that's cool that they got together and wrote the lyrics and everything too. Cause like, it's almost like this fun little thing where it's like, kind of like, Hey, I have this song. Hey, we have these lyrics and it all comes together. And the fact that it, a seven minute long song you rehearse with no mistakes. I mean, that's, that's just meant to be right. Yeah. And it, I'm pretty heavy handed with all of the, the happenings too. So to like come in and not ever know what happened in that room, you know, in the genesis of all that stuff is it's always gonna be a mystery because like i said i'm usually i'm pulling the strings or i'm having my input and then just to have this gift of a beautiful song you know completed on my behalf is just a very beautiful uh experience because i think 
I don't know. I think as I've written more songs, like songs are like a gift or like they're like a treat. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you have to work for them. Sometimes they come really easily. And this is a song I just sort of was like, granted, like, there you go. You get, you, <laughs> you've, you've earned this. You've or, earned this. Here's you, this great song you've earned. Yeah. Yeah. Or like you've tapped into like this, like certain frequency in the bandwidth and you just sort of like extract it and there it is. And now it's in its material form. And it's very cool just to see it, how it all manifests like that. That's awesome, man, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm also a firm believer of that kind of stuff too, where it's like, sometimes you just, I don't know where this came from, but it's here. And we're, you know, yeah. I'm it's a crazy. firm believer in that too. So that's, uh, that's awesome, man. Well, I'm super excited about the album. I'm sure everyone else is too. Who's watching this and listening to this, you know, we're going to, uh, again, be sure to tune in next week, folks, because we're going to do the full uh, listen through. And then I'll, I'll talk about my favorite tracks off hyper reels. It's uh, it's been fun, man. I really appreciate you diving into all this with me and, you know, sharing the, you know, the personal story behind that, you know, and sharing the, the vocal stem in that, you know, that's yeah, been, uh, it's been fun getting a chat with you all about this all, man. For sure. Happy to share it. Happy to be here. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the chat. Yeah, definitely. So before we go, uh, I told you I was going to do this before we started. Uh, I see some guitars behind you and it's kind of oh, become yes. <laughs> almost uh, a staple here on the show lately. Anytime I see guitars in someone's room, I'm like, "Come on, let's see them." All walk right. me through okay. the walk me through the rig a little before we go. Here. Okay, the the main baby is the Ibanez oh. RG. I think Ibanez and their names one five two seven. Just oh. uh, the main workhorse. This is actually the, for this album compared to our first album. This is the one where we first crossed over from playing six strings to playing just playing the full seven seven string. Um, and then we got there. If anyone saw us circa 2016, you'll yep. recognize this, recognize this lovely that. lady. This was all over the first record, the Les Paul Epiphone Custom. It's gorgeous. You, you gotta have a Les Paul. Like it's just like you know all that pure mahogany. Just weight. The tone is just like in the guitar, ready to be, you know, extracted. ready to be extracted surgically. Uh, I think next, this is just like Liam's bass. It's just a four string. I just use it for uh, lessons because oh, right I, I have a six string. It's a what? Uh, so most Mormon. kids are not going <laughs> to. You're like, it's, why do you have a six string bass? It's, it's a pain in the butt to show this, you know, new students this and be like, yeah. Uh, yeah. where? what string am I playing on? What is that? Why is there six strings on a bass? What's happening? <laughs> yeah, so this is also Liam's bass who I bought off of him. Um, I think Liam has a six string so he had two six strings and i think he just preferred the other one so he didn't really have a need for it and i was like yo let me buy that off of you That's or i think awesome, i yeah. i had a five string which i didn't like it's like a schecter five string so i like gave him the schecter five string to sell and then i would keep this and pay him the difference so this is how i ended up with this ibanez and, and I, that's not ibanez eh? yeah it looks like i love the, ibanez neck through, neck, yeah. the necks the necks, it feels like the neck on the <laughs> on the guitar. So mm -hmm. it's just like I can play guitar as if I'm playing on the bass and have the same response. Yeah. Are they the really like going, because I've, I've only ever played fives, um, comparing a six string bass to a seven string guitar, are they very similar with the width itself? Or is it a little, probably a little wider on the bass, I would assume, right? It's probably wider. Obviously, mm -hmm. you need more. Yeah, just for, for the actual thickness of the string i assume we need to be a little wider yeah 
Yeah, and I, I would think that a six string is probably overkill because like I don't think I've ever really used this <laughs> first string <laughs> yeah. for like for, like anything. Maybe a solo. Like it, it kind of maybe just helps instead of going like right. You instead of like trying to cross over spots, you can sort of mm -hmm. grab things in a similar spot. But um, yeah, I could probably live with a, with, a, with a five string and be happy. But you never know. You can maybe tune this to a different string and grab some harmonics or something like that. But oh, absolutely. One day, uh, what do we got? So this is probably one of my wiser investments about the second hand. It's a telly. Nice. I think you just need a, like a telly or a strat because like you gotta have like your strat sound, you gotta have like your Les Paul sound, and you know the Ibanez being like the super strat. It sort of fills in. This sort of fills in like all of like the professional gigs I get. Like if it's like just like pop or rock or country or jazz, yeah. I can sort of like you know this guitar is gonna fill that lane without being polarizing like if you bring you show up with that they're gonna be like <laughs> show up to a country yeah. what power nation <laughs> i f funny story when i was in school i don't know why this came to me but um i went to a jam night and it turned to be a blues jam night and then i brought an ibanez eight string and it didn't matter what i played i could have been the most versed blues player of you know the audience right you know and it wouldn't matter because oh here comes the shredder eight string guy let's see what he can do and it's go, like, go 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 God. go it's like yeah <laughs> was 10 too many strings bro <laughs> the fact that there's even like they have 12 string guitars now that are like a full 12 strings i'm just like what i don't know i i'm not versed enough on guitar theory to be like 10 like, know, man. i'm like i i get like an eight string kind of maybe a nine maybe but after that i'm like yo like come on man do you really need that like what's going you're, on you're just like playing a bass so it's like what yeah. i mean if it's gonna be a bass and cool have it be a bass but like why don't you get a bass for that <laughs> right i don't know it's crazy <laughs> okay i got two more this is like my main acoustic yes that's been all over it wasn't on moments actually uh at the time the, the pickup was broken so i used i guess is that, is that the other uh the other acoustic is upstairs so i can't figure that one that was the moments but that's been for all of my like my solo stuff that's mm. the uh, oh yeah i recognize that guitar there's a video i I've, I've showed multiple people the video i think it was you were either at a lake or you were at a mountain looking at a lake or something and you i think you were playing that guitar if i'm not mistaken it was a video. Sounds something like yeah. sounds something artsy fartsy I would probably do. <laughs> You're like, ah, oh, checks out. That was probably me. Yeah, you know, I know nature in the woods, playing guitar, you know, being one with nature. That sounds like me. <laughs> and then my latest, latest lady got a sax in my phone. Beautiful. I'm not going to play it because I literally, <laughs> you don't want to hear me play it right now. But uh, yeah, I've always wanted to play sax. And then uh, a friend of mine was selling it or knew that she was going to sell it and i got it for like a really good price and it's like at that price it's like come on you can't like you gotta you gotta so did, did you play it all before or you were just like i, I could learn sax <laughs> i was like i like jazz i can i can play sax um no i i wish in like the high school band stuff i had done it um i played like was it baritone or like tuba or something like that when oh, yeah. i was in <laughs> in that or like in like that's like middle school or whatever but um yeah i just I always had an affinity for all those sounds and now I have a much greater appreciation for how the hell do they do they do that? Let's actually do this. Let's, you know, so maybe on the next uh, major, maybe we'll hear some uh, saxophone, maybe. Who I'll, I'll, I'll do some practicing. I've, 
I, 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 I can't show you now, but uh, I was going to do a recording with the sax, but it turns out I can't play it quite yet. It oh, was okay. I was doing a prog metal version of Neil Young's "Old Man," and no, I thought what? I, would, I would replace uh, I'd replace the harmonica, the vocal, the vocal, the with, vocal with the... yeah, with the the sax and. Could work. I just have you need to do that now <laughs> because now I need to hear that. So does anyone who listens to this is gonna be like, yo, okay, <laughs> what is that? This is this is a uh, pretty cool because it turns out that um, I'll play you the original one. So I, I had to transpose it for the saxophone, oh, which, is, okay. which is like the main thing that's annoying. But it turns out that the it's probably isn't in standard. Okay, never mind. I was going to say, no. <laughs> That's negative on I, that, Chief. <laughs> I'm not going to tune it for you right now. But it turns out that the main part for, you know, that main theme on, on the, yeah. if you're familiar with the song, mm-hmm. it ends up being like the D minor feel is on a 6 4 time signature. Okay. Then it goes to D major, which is actually 4 4. So I was like, hey, 6 plus 4 is 10. What, what would be more prog if I made this this section in five and it still adds up? <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know if you'll be able to. Maybe I can play along with it. Maybe I can sell it. But um, the there's like a theme. <laughs> there's a verse and there's a chorus. So the the main theme is in five, and I've, that's part where you won't really be able to tell what song it is unless I were to really. Uh, well, we know it's it's old man, but it's. Okay, I, I think this will this will be enough. You know, I think there is a slight melody in there, so you can probably get the gist. What we got? Okay, bear with the drums loading. This is the the worst sound in the world. is the pure drummer loading his samples <laughs> as it's playing back. But I mean, where what are you gonna do? Awesome. That's one of the coolest things I think I've ever had on my podcast, I'm being honest with you. <laughs> well, I don't uh, think I've ever had like in, a like live jam-along <laughs> performance before. That's awesome, dude. There you go. Happy to share. I love geeking out on those these things. Like I get so many like 
I feel like I have my own my own podcast where I just like geek out on Dude. all the behind the scenes stuff. That I was just about to, to say to you, yo, <laughs> let's do a podcast. Where you just do that for the whole time. <laughs> That's awesome. Down. That sounds like a pretty good idea. Maybe I'll put that in the member bank. Yeah, man, for sure. Well, I think that's a, that's a really cool place for us to end off here for today, man. Thank you so very much for coming on and being so candid and sharing all this cool stuff with us, man. It's been an yeah, absolute man. pleasure getting to talk with you again. My pleasure. Thanks, TJ. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Listen to The Hardest Show right now. Are you in a band? Maybe you're a business owner of some kind, a performer, maybe a pro wrestler, an event promoter, an athlete, or maybe you're just an everyday person who needs some photo editing done. You need a great graphic design guy, and have I ever got the hookup for you? My man and close personal friend, Mr. Jason Reese from Jaybird Digital Arts. Whether you need logos, t-shirts, stickers, tickets, business cards, banners, menu, brochures, flyers, posters, Facebook banner videos, door hangers, Photo editing and restoration, print ads, lyric video editing, signs, notepads, window clings, letterhead, bookmarks, programs, magnets, greeting cards, calendars, rack cards, invitations, envelopes, pens. Jason will work with you to develop a style that is unique to you and that tells everybody just how special your business, event, or you personally are and you will stand out from the crowd. On top of the fact that he does offer free delivery between Coburg, Ontario and Kingston, Ontario. Message him today, right now, for a free quote. That's right, a free quote. Tell him about your idea. You got something outside the box, he will make it happen. With great rates and service, you cannot go wrong. I've used Jason literally for everything over the past three and a half years, and I cannot say enough good things about the man himself and his work. So contact him today on the web at jaybirddigitalarts.com or on social media under jaybirddigitalarts. That's J-A-Y-B-I-R-D digitalarts.com. You can also email him at jaybird.digital.arts at gmail.com. And always keep in mind that his business is successful when your business looks good. All right, guys, there you have it. My chat with Mark Wiley from Matri. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. That was a really, really fun chat. And uh, man, him doing that little jam along to old man. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Just amazing, amazing moment for sure here on the show. That was really fun. And like I said, I mean, that could be a whole podcast, just him doing that and breaking that down for us. I think that'd be really, really fun. So we'll definitely see Mark on the show again sometime soon because I'd love to dive into you know, his, his solo stuff again and dive into, you know, his teaching and how he does what he just did, which is him just kind of breaking down that song and jamming along with it. And that. like, I think that'd be really fun. So Mark, thank you very much, my man, for coming on. It is always a pleasure. And thank you so very much for listening and for watching. It means the world to me. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button or follow button, depending on how you are watching or listening. We, of course, are on the YouTube, we are on Anchor, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Bullhorn, uh, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find this guy's show. And if for some reason you don't find me on your preferred listening platform, let me know and I will make it happen. I have done that before. There's at least one person listening who listens every single week that I was not on their preferred platform of choice and I made it happen for them. So. I will do that for you if you hit me up because I appreciate the support. Be sure to like me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, of course. I'm trying to get back on the Twitter thing a little bit, a little tiny bit. 
So we'll see how that goes. Be sure, of course, to follow Matria. If you haven't checked out Hyper Reels and you were listening past June 25th, what are you doing? Go check out Hyper Reels. It is badass. I'll have a link in the description below if you're watching the video version or on the audio version. I'll also try and throw a link in the uh, the description to get to their Facebook page so you can find the album. Or if for some reason you want to wait next week, I will be doing an album showcase of Matrix's brand new album, Hyper Reels, in which I will play the full album all the way through, give my general thoughts on it, and then give my thoughts on my three favorite songs. And let me tell you, it's going to be tricky to only pick three. So I'm really excited about this next week. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. We got episode 300 coming up. I'm thinking due to still the fact that we are in kind of a lockdown thing. My one original plan is not going to happen, which is a super bummer, but I'm thinking we're looking at doing uh, some kind of a live cast. So that'll be exciting. So you guys can look forward to that. I got a really fun interview coming up soon that uh, I think is going to be really cool. It's going to be a first for me for sure. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. So stay tuned for that. Thank you so very much for watching and for listening. Give me the old patented video fist bump. Boom. And of course, the audio fist bump from my audio listeners. Boom. Thank you, guys. So do you guys hear that? I got a little foam thingy on there. There we go. <laughs> That's like audio school 101. Never touch your microphone, but I do it here because I want to make sure you guys hear the patented audio fist bump. But that all out of the way, folks, thank you so very much again for tuning in, and I'll catch you next time on The Harder Show. Take it easy, guys.